The following is a message by Dr. David Van Drunen from Westminster Seminary, California. For more information about this message or about Westminster Seminary, please visit us online at wscal.edu or call us at 888-480-8474. That's online at wscal.edu or call us at 888-480-8474. My words this morning will... Uh, be arising from Proverbs chapter 12, verse 23. I'll give you a moment to find that because if I start before you find it, I will also end before you find it. So if you want to find it, I should wait for you for a moment. I would say that uh, I put in terms of my reflections this morning, if I was uh, preaching through Proverbs, uh, On the Lord's Day, I don't think this would come out exactly the same way. This is morning devotions and not uh, what I would see as, strictly speaking, an exegetical uh, sermon. So just having said that, I will do my best to be faithful to the text, of course. Proverbs 12, verse 23. The word of the Lord. A prudent man conceals knowledge, but the heart of fools proclaims folly. That ends our reading of God's word. Just because you know it doesn't mean you have to say it. Just because you know it doesn't mean you have to say it. Even if you know you know it, it still doesn't mean that you have to say it. Now, in our Thursday Chapel series, the faculty is... I guess has given itself uh, the task of reflecting on issues of wisdom and Christian liberty, and certainly reflection upon our speech, what we say or what we don't say, is highly appropriate. Um, Certainly scripture has given us some very clear uh, guidelines uh, about how we speak. We are told not to bear false witness against our neighbor. Uh, We are not to lie. Uh, We should speak the truth. We are also told that we should seek to say what is edifying. Uh, We should not gossip. But we recognize, of course, that so much of our lives is constituted by our speaking. And even within the broad guidelines that Scripture gives us, we understand that there are many, many decisions that we have to make as to what we ought to say. So many times in which... Telling a lie or telling the truth is not the question before us. But what of the truth should we or should we not say that will actually be appropriate in this given situation? The Lord in the scriptures has given us a great measure of discretion, of liberty, in our decisions about what to say in given circumstances. Not surprising that books like Proverbs or books like James have significant things to say about what we say as we think about the wise life to live within the bounds that God uh, has called us to live as his people. Now as we look at Proverbs 12.23 and reflect upon what this uh, short statement is trying to, uh, how it is trying to guide us, it's interesting to note the two alternatives that are set before us. On the one hand there is the prudent man who conceals knowledge or as the NIV puts it, keeps his knowledge to himself. 
And on the other hand is the fool, the heart of fools which is proclaiming, just vomiting out folly. And as we think about those two alternatives, the second one seems probably readily understandable. Of course, the fool is the kind of person who just blurts out folly that comes, that comes into his mind. That makes sense. But what about this other one? A prudent man is one who conceals knowledge. And we might be tempted to say, isn't there a third alternative here at least? Isn't there a place for the prudent man to actually be speaking out of this prudence, out of this wisdom, out of this knowledge that he has? Isn't that a good thing? Why only these two alternatives? Well, I do want to get to a mo- uh, in a moment to warn you, us against uh, absolutizing this in a way that acts as if this is the only guidance that Proverbs gives us about speaking. But I don't want to get there too quickly. There must be a reason why it is only these two alternatives that are put before us here. There is an important truth in seeing the two alternatives as being a fool and blurting out folly and being prudent and concealing your knowledge, keeping your knowledge to yourself. Perhaps it is that the wise man always says less than he knows. Maybe it is that the more we speak, the longer we speak, the more inevitable it becomes that we fall into sin, that we blurt out things that are untrue, that are foolish. Maybe in the attempt to say everything, we end up making sinning inevitable. Why might this be? Well, there are some things that we know. Some things that we know, even though they're true, that if we said them, they would serve to hurt others. They would serve to tear down rather than to build up. It's also true, isn't it, that there are severe limits to our knowledge. Even those areas in which we have relative expertise, in which we know a lot, It doesn't take long to bump up against the limits of what we know. And the longer we speak, the more we want to get out everything we know, the more we're forced to speak about things that we really don't know so well. And we run the great risk of saying things that are false. Isn't it also true that we are very prideful people? And that when we are communicating all those things, those wonderful things that we know, It is very difficult to keep our own pride in check so that the things that we say, communicating wonderful truths, become occasions for us to exalt ourselves. And whenever we are exalting ourselves and full of pride, folly is right there with us. And isn't it also true that we are the sort of people uh, who are tempted to hate our neighbor, who by our sinful nature hate our neighbor? And what better way What easier way, what way more unwittingly can we harm our neighbor, demean our neighbor, than by speaking? The more we speak, the more we increase our temptation to say things that exalt ourselves and to demean our neighbor. Isn't it not true that the more we speak, under any circumstance, the more likely it is that we fall into sin? You might want to ask yourself, 
How many sins could you have avoided in your life if you, if you had just stopped speaking a little bit sooner? If you just didn't say that last thing? Now, lest we think that this is an aberration in the book of Proverbs, this concern about speaking too much, about being careful about what we say, even when we're quite sure that we know something, I would point out just a few other verses that you might want to uh, reflect upon. Proverbs 17, verses 27 and 28 tell us this. Whoever restrains his words has knowledge, and he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. Even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is deemed intelligent. You want people to think you're smart? You may be better just not saying anything than trying to communicate what you think you know. Just a couple of verses later, Proverbs 18, verse 2. A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. One more, Proverbs 18, verse 13, all on the same page in my Bible. If one gives an answer before he hears, it is his folly and his shame. So quick we can be to speak, and yet Proverbs counsels us to be very slow to speak, to keep our knowledge to ourselves. Now, there are probably a few of you out there who are feeling pretty good about yourselves right now because you're very shy and you hardly speak at all. Now, you probably do have a certain advantage over many of the rest of us when it comes to these matters. But you don't have a clear path to righteousness because we know that many other places in Proverbs speak so highly about the goodness of speaking the right word at the right time. Right? You can't obey this command in Proverbs simply by keeping your mouth shut at all times, simply by never saying anything again. That's not an option. I would point out to you some of the other things that Proverbs says. Let me just mention a few examples just from Proverbs 15. Proverbs 15, beginning of verse 4. A gentle tongue is a tree of life. Not a tongue that says nothing, but a tongue that expresses, that gives a gentle answer. I would mention the beginning of Proverbs 15, verse 7. The lips of the wise spread knowledge. Sounds practically contradictory to what we have just been considering. Proverbs 15, verse 23. To make an apt answer is a joy to a man, and a word in season, how good it is. We are also commanded to speak the right words to speak the appropriate words at the right time. We can't just be silent. When we think about our Lord Jesus Christ, who offered the perfect obedience, the perfect conformity to God in all righteousness and wisdom, he was often silent, was he not? He often kept his mouth shut under the greatest provocation. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and he opened not his mouth. And yet we read the Gospels and we find that our Lord, often with great brevity, spoke the right words. So often he said just the right thing at just the right time that expressed just the right truth in just the right way. It is in the image of our Lord Jesus Christ that we are being renewed in the image of God. 
Let us pray that we will have the ability to speak the right word at the right time in the right circumstances. But let us return with that also on the table. Let us return back to the thoughts communicated in Proverbs, 15, or Proverbs 12, verse 23. A prudent man conceals knowledge. Perhaps as we think about keeping this advice, this wise, inspired counsel, perhaps we need to try, I don't know quite exactly how to do this, but perhaps we should strive to leave something off the table every time we speak. Consciously, not to say everything we know every time we open our mouths. Certainly, we should ask ourselves every time before we speak, do I really need to say this? Even if it's just a moment's thought, even if it's just a brief second thought, do I really need to say this? Consider what Proverbs 15, verse 28 tells us. The heart of the righteous ponders how to answer. But the mouth of the wicked pours out evil things. If you will be wise, you will think about what you say. Now sometimes, if you're going to say something, you have to say it now. So your second thought, your pondering, might be very, very brief. But let us strive not to speak until we have given it at least a second thought. We might also ask ourselves, before we speak, is this something, even though it's true, that is really worth the time of the other person to hear? My time is valuable. You probably consider your time valuable. And probably the person you're speaking to considers his or her time valuable. There are many things that may be true that are just not important for that person to hear. They just don't need to hear it. Don't waste someone else's time. You might also ask, you certainly should ask, is this something, this thing that I want to say, this knowledge I want to communicate, is it something, though true, is something that if I say it, is going to harm someone else and is going to serve to try to exalt me? Not just is this something that someone doesn't need to hear, but is this information that will be used against someone else? It may be true enough, it may be knowledge, but it may not be profitable. Say less than you know. Say less than you know. If others really want to hear more, let them ask you for the rest. When might this be applicable? I ask in closing. Probably a better question is when would it not be applicable since we speak in all sorts of occasions of life but as I address you in this circumstance, I realize that not all of you, many of you will not uh, be pastors one day. But I want to say a few things that might be particularly aimed at pastors and in some cases elders. You may want to keep this in mind when you preach. One of the common complaints made against seminary students is that they try to say everything they know in every sermon. Try to encompass the whole of redemptive history, the whole of Burkhoff's systematic theology in a sermon. And it's not just, for your encouragement, it's not just a temptation for seminary students. Right? The temptation does not simply leave as soon as you get your degree. 
you don't need to say everything in every sermon. Keep that in mind. At presbytery or classes meetings, at synod or general assembly. A few weeks ago, I was at my own presbytery meeting. And there were occasions, without mentioning any names, in which people got up and they could have gone a long ways to edify the rest of us if they had concealed a little bit of knowledge. At presbytery meeting, at a classist meeting, there will be debates about serious issues. And there will be times in which someone gets up and makes an argument. And another person gets up and makes the same argument. And another person gets up and makes the same argument. And you're tempted because you really agree with that to get up and to make that same argument all over again. It may be true, but you don't need to say it. Think about concealing some of your knowledge for the well-being of others. You may also want to think about this during your internships. Not all seminary internships go as smoothly as they might. Some seminary students forget that they will be called upon to preach and to teach that they are not really there for the primary purpose of edifying that congregation. They are there for the primary purpose of learning. And there may be things that happen in your internships that you don't agree with. Things that happen that you think, wow, Van Drunen said something different in one of his systematics classes. It may be true, but you don't need to say it. You don't necessarily need to say it. And in an internship, you probably shouldn't say it. You are there to learn. And when you are in situations in which you are there to learn, concealing knowledge will go a long way. You might even find, you might even find at a later date that what you thought was knowledge concealed was really folly that you'll be glad that you never spoke. Where else might this be applicable? Probably morning devotions. Let's pray. <laughs> Our Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have created us in your image. And the first thing, O oh Lord, that you revealed about yourself in Scripture is that you are a speaking God who spoke and this world came to be, who spoke and the world took its shape. O oh Lord, we thank you that you have made us in your image as a speaking God as speaking creatures, as those who are made to call animals by their names so that it might be. You have called us to speak words of truth, words that build up, words that will be edifying to those who hear. O oh Lord, we pray that as you conform us evermore unto the image of Jesus Christ our Lord, who knew exactly what to say and exactly what not to say, and exactly how to say what he did have to say. We pray that you would conform us evermore unto his image. Give us the wisdom, O Lord, to understand when it is time to close our mouths. Give us understanding, O Lord, of those situations in which we have the freedom to speak, and yet it would be better to conceal what we know. O Lord, we know that it is ultimately you who give us wisdom, who make our hearts wise. And so we pray that by your spirit you would give us this gift.
May we think before we speak. May we ponder our answers. And we pray that we all might be all the more edified and you glorified as we honor you with our lips. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Copyright 2009, Westminster Seminary, California. All rights reserved. You are permitted to reproduce and distribute this material in any format, provided that you do not alter the wording in any way, and you do not charge a fee beyond the cost of reproduction. For web posting, a link to this broadcast on our website is preferred.